Hey, what's going on? This is Bill Burr from the All Things Comedy Network. I'm very excited to tell you that we are going to be releasing a stand-up special from the unbelievably talented, unbelievably hilarious, and unbelievably original Ted Alexandro. He has a new stand-up special called Senior Class of Earth. You can check it out exclusively at atcspecials.com and follow the All Things Comedy Network for more ways to support your favorite comedians. This is huge for us. This is everything that All Things Comedy was about. We wanted to get in business with great artists and help them to maintain control and ownership of what they created. And this is our first foray into that. Once again, it's called Senior Class of Earth from the great Ted Alexandro. You can check it out at atcspecials.com. Yeah, comedy film nerds at four, three, six. It's a lot going on to this. It, it this is. Week. It yeah, is. Yeah. It's halfway to eight seventy-two. It's. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of movies today. We're going to be talking about the house with the clock in its walls. Quincy, RBG, little double shot of documentary. Double today. Do- double doc shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've <laughs> well, got we're a being very lot morning of... radio here. Yeah. <laughs> double doc shot. In the water. Uh, Traffic so... on the nines. <laughs> WCFN radio. And uh, a lot of Patreon sponsors this week. Oh, it's so, we're yeah, so happy and, and for it, all And of it's you. growing. There, uh, there's going to be even another one next week. And uh, some trailers, I think, um, some, I'm just going to say some interesting trailers this uh, week. And when we get to them, you'll see. I think that's and, a, uh, your polite way of saying they're horrible. <laughs> Perhaps. Chris didn't want to tip his hand too soon, but... Um, but uh, we've got uh, a lot going on, and uh, we're going to be talking about also some changes to the site are coming, and uh, we'll be talking about that a little later. So why don't we uh, jump in and introduce our guest? Yeah, first, first time. time. First time guest. I've known mm-hmm. this uh, comic for a very long time. Fellow surfer. Fellow surfer. Mm-hmm. We live in a similar <laughs> neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Patrick Nay. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, and now... Uh, and we fought our way out of Santa Monica. Don't forget to tell we, people. We, <laughs> we fought our way <laughs> We had to brawl our way out of that, that beach town. Um mm-hmm. But lately, the last couple of times I've seen you, you've asked me to do, you've got this. You've been fighting hippies You've been Santa fighting Monica. hippies. You're like, Graham, there's some long hairs we need to beat up. And yeah. we have a blast. They can't yeah. fight. They can't um, fight. Um, so you, it's patchouli that's like, oh, <laughs> God, all right. I'm not going to fight you. You're just disgusting. It is. They are like a scum. They are like scums. <laughs> They raise the back of their hairdo, and it's like the smell yep. comes off. It's yeah. very similar. It's when weird. you scare them, they spray and run. Yeah, they do. They spray the patchouli, and they run <laughs> fast um, because they just throw off their sandals, and they yes. just go. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have very strong feet. Mm-hmm. Um, Dirty people. <laughs> <laughs> but you, lately, in the last couple of years, uh, have been telling about this this wine comedy show you've been doing. It's a really cool concept. You've had me on Thank it several you. times. I have. You did very well. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, it's basically... Basically, you know, when I was um, like years ago when and I know that you did it when you'd go up and do like the punchline for a week or whatever. And, you know, I basically there you get up there the first day. You're like, OK, I think let's figure this out. What's this crowd going to be like? And then you got like four or five days to do nothing. 
So after I got to know San Francisco, I mean, you get to know. Because you're from, you and I are both from Chicago. Exactly. So I love cities. I mean, it's great. And then I wanted to, uh, so I started cruising around the wine country up there and just kind of getting to know like different things and and the wines and, you know, I'd be taking a few sips, you know, in the day. I'd get back. It'd be fine. And uh no, I'd be shit-faced. Um, <laughs> no, but I like – so I, I learned a lot about wine and I got into it. And I liked the differences and like the little nuances from the different areas. And the people were always really cool. And it's like they go to a lot of trouble. So I became like a wine dude and then I, I, then I became a sommelier, which is stupid. Who cares? I always say it's like it's like you want to get good at tennis, go hit a million tennis balls. And if you want to know wine, drink a million different wines. And um, That's not a small – I mean sommelier is a pretty – prestigious thing i, I mean. know but it's like there's a lot of douche it's like a lot of it's you know the guy's sand kicked in their face from a different angle you know <laughs> a lot of those and they're, you know that's why they became sommeliers <laughs> it's like i'll show you at the restaurant it's like uh, huh okay. but uh what's the process for becoming a sommelier like is you have to be like certified okay or what well is that's the- a, that's a great question so like um there is there's a the court of masters sommeliers and they they started in England and then oh so it's a cage fight basically yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Freemasons but uh. <laughs> right right oh it probably has some weird yeah. secret society stuff so so you like they they came over here in like the seventies and then this one guy like spearheaded it up in Monterey and like he's like their leader and. Um, you know they did a documentary called Psalm, which was very popular, and uh, then they did a then they did another one about like part two and part three. I think is coming out like literally this week, and people are really into it. But it's are like, these docs available anywhere to go? Yeah, you, the Psalm is on Netflix, and people love it. It's it's shot kind of like in a um, sort of like a reality TV style. But like how much it takes to become a sommelier, mm-hmm. like really? to, to become a, a master. So I'm not a master. I'm like the second thing. So there's four levels. And the master is oh, like... I thought he was a master, Chris. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, fault. my fault. No, if you're a master, it's like I you got to do... I put it on the summary. Master <laughs> sommelier. <laughs> they used to have three levels. And they're like, shit, people don't really want to do this. And it costs a lot of money. So they're like, let's make it four, you know? Um, and, um, you know, the thing is, it's the end When of do the- you get clear? How do you so, when do you get clear? Is you using you mean like you know Scientology? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Uh, you got to go to the volcano of yeah. Zimbabwe or something and, and drink Chardonnay or pour it in there, and hopefully the god testosterone you know will come up and you know bite your toes or something. <laughs> but it's uh you know uh it's it's a lot of fun, but it's like there's a lot of douchery in it. So <laughs> I'm trying to do the opposite. So in my shows. I try to teach people about, you know, wine, the old world and the new world and get them to blind taste because that's the whole point. And in the Psalm documentary, it's like you two guys are the main dudes and like they're they're like, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? Because there's three parts to this really intense test. And you have to like, basically, if you're a master Psalm, I can take any wine in the world and put it in front of you and you have to tell me where it's from, what the grape is and what year it is. And I mean like, we're talking Soviet Republic, Georgia, all this shit. You know, and it's like, wow. you got to be like cosmic. Kazakhstan, 1983. Basically, they make it seem like it. And then in the end of the movie, the two guys that got moved into the, you know, who got the sword on their shoulder, basically, both said different things. I'm like, well, that's bull crap. You know what I mean? It's so it's kind of like it's a fraternity. 
They mm-hmm. let guys in who they want to, and mm-hmm. uh, and then I talked to this this buddy of mine who's like who who was from Monterey back in the day, and he he was a restaurant guy, and he's like um, he's like yeah, back in those days, all those guys did was like tons of blow and drink a shitload of wine. <laughs> <laughs> You're a master sommelier. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, because it goes by up. volume. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to ask you a little bit more about the doc, Sam. So, yeah. you know. But 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 oh, to, to go back, sorry, because I want to finish the thought. Oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the show is great because it's like I tried to take a funny way to explain this stuff to people, so they actually can take it in instead of being lectured to. So I do like these funny bits. It's like wine labels to avoid, like boing, you know, like look at this funny label. But it's people dig it. And then we do a thing like wine and mortgage, where you try to guess. You know, is is this is this price? Say, there's like three thousand eight hundred and twenty-two. Is this the price of a bottle of wine on the left, or a, or a mortgage in Portland, Oregon? Hmm. And <laughs> people love it because some of those wines. I mean, yeah. now they're gone. Like in the good years, like uh, uh, you know, Right Bank Merlot basically can go for like you know eight grand on a good a year. Bottle. And these Chinese guys, it's like they buy them like they're Oscars. Just oh, wow. so they can say, I have one. Right. You know, because you can't get it, and I got one. Well, the thing and they I, don't drink them? They just kind of put them in the... Well, I don't know. They, I mean, the thing is, like, most of those wines, like, if you, you know, you could still drink, like, it's weird, because after wars, like, the beginning of wars were always bad years. Like, 1939, 1940, terrible years. Just, you know, just not because that they were blown up they're just bad years weather-wise and then 45 and 46 were like god's gift years so like if you go to vegas and we say like we will go to the nice place we like we want a 45 and they'll be like okay that's you know 22 grand and they probably have one and it probably would be great Mm-hmm. They'd probably make it pay for it first. That's what they do. Yeah. But, but I, there, I knew a guy who was like said an Israeli arms dealer would go there and he would buy these wines like at a restaurant. Like, yeah, you know, here, let me see. Uh, I got my card. It's crazy. You know what I mean? It's wow. a, it's an amazing world. But that's so. So in the end, uh, in, in the show, we have comedians go up because I like to. It's what I believe in. I think, you know, comedy really adds to it. Because you've been a stand up comic for. Yeah long time yeah and i just like the idea of combining wine and you know it's like and you got to make money that's what it turns out yeah (laughs) well it's it's such a great concept because it's the thing that makes for a unique night like just going stand-up comedy you know is is it's a tough ticket to sell sometimes unless you have huge names on there or whatever so So it's a wine tasting too you combine it yeah so it's like Mm -hmm. um wine tasting then a comic you know what you know what i always say it's like remember the dumb commercials where it's like you got chocolate in my peanut butter it's like together like stand up yeah it's okay wine or whatever you put it together and people are comedy in one that's really cool Mm -hmm. and and that's what i'm trying to do it's like you want to learn about this stuff i will teach you the basics and then you can literally take it because there's a lot of people that come to those shows or when I do private events or like who go to wine dinners with their colleagues and like you know if they look like if they know the wine list like yeah I got this and, it, and they p- pulled off people think you're like wow that guy's kind of Fonzie with the wine it's like <laughs> you know and it makes a big difference to a lot of people so um, I, really, I, I just want to interject and say the thing that was really cool is like, I'm not a wine guy I don't care I don't even drink yeah but I was like, well, that's informative. You, the way you present it, you present it in a very, you're a com- it's, it's a great thing when a comic obtains another skill. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Because then the way you disseminate that information, you know how to be funny and charming and engaging on stage because you've been doing that for however many years. Mm-hmm. So, which it makes it so much easier than if you were one of these, 
like master sommeliers who's probably, you know, bores you to tears yes. with their pompousness. And so you, you, it's, I was like, wow, that's cool. And everyone's having a great, it's a great night. Well, remember, remember the movie, um, defending your life. Great mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And, and, and Albert Brooks is like, he always wanted to know like to rip torment. It's like, well, well, tell me what that means. Was he's like, well, cause he used a lot more of his brain and he's like, you don't understand. You don't understand. Then he's eating something. He's like, you're not going to like it. It's too far advanced. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, let me try it. Let me try it. And then he tries to like, Oh, this is awful. And that's kind of what a master psalm is. is like to try to listen to one of those guys. He'd be like, you know, I understand it, but it's like it's trying to speak Chinese in some ways. Right. It's like mm-hmm. Italian wine is so convoluted and so hard to understand when you get to the inner sanctum of it. And it's like people don't have time to understand this shit. They just want to get to the basics. And that's what I want to do. And then I shot a pilot, which we're working on right now, where I go to areas and show people like the history and stuff like, you know, in the first episode, like Junipero Serra, which, you know, the guy from the monk from uh, who came through Mexico, you know, the story him Mm-mm. it's incredible it's good. so this guy comes from a spanish family he's like the ninth kid you know they and he's real smart so they, they he becomes a priest nice move um and then he they bring him over to mexico so he's so like obsessed with like jesus that he like um he gets to mexico from spain and then walks to mexico city he, like wouldn't even get on a horse he's like no i have to suffer and then he would wear clothes that like had pins and shit so oh, it was just like so yeah. he's always pained and hitting himself with rocks it's like so he gets so he get they see okay this guy's nuts he's perfect and um <laughs> You know, religious zealots. So the whole thing, mm-hmm. they were telling him, like, yeah, we want you to go in Alta, California, which is where we are right now, and go and turn all those um, Native people into Catholics. And what they really want him to do is get his ass up to, like, Sonoma and, like, that area because the Russians were coming down from Alaska. And they were coming down to, like, go, hey, there's, a you know, some good land, fertile action. And so that's what really was going on. So he basically – Tortured a lot of Native Americans and, um, no, you know, converted. worked his way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the term right. you're looking yeah. for. But it's like, you know, and like if you drive down to San Diego, you'll see his name all over the right. place. But it, just in Stanford recently, they took his, um, they took his, uh, de- his like his deity or whatever down as you know there was a statue, statue of him yeah. and he brought grapes first into California he was the first guy and he brought it everywhere they went because they had to have wine for this church thing for the masses that they did and um it's amazing because the El Camino Real, which is the 101, is his road that goes all the way up and he put he created these um you know, uh, these like what monasteries all the way up to like Sonoma. Wow. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mon- what and he did it in like six or seven well, years. Was it related to the missions at all? Yeah, no, that exactly. It was the missions. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. all those missions he kind of made happen. So the wine comes from Mexico via that. So he's the first okay. guy to bring it into like the California. Mm-hmm. Now, is any of this covered in the Psalm thing, the um, documentary? No, not really. Not and, really. Let me ask you this about the Psalm documentary. Is this something that if someone is not into wine, doesn't care, it's still an engaging Oh, it's story. really, yeah. It's really engaging. It's really, because it's competitive and you see these guys kind of like busting their ass to find out. It's kind. It was kind of a cult hit. I mean, a lot of people have seen it. The second mm-hmm. one I don't think was that great. And the third one... You know, is kind of like franchise. Who knew? But, yeah. the, but, but here's the thing: there's it's a sommelier extended there's, universe. 
<laughs> yeah, and and there's two other really great stories. The Judgment of Paris was like there was like this hipster wine guy, an English dude. He like buys a shop in Paris, and he's like, I got to do some new things. It's 1976, so he goes over to comes over here, and he and he goes around to some wine. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. So he gets like five or six, you know, ten wines from California, and he's like, we're gonna have a tasting versus. France. It's like, you know, it's Rocky Apollo Creed. It's like he, Rocky's a bum and he's going to get knocked out. And it was ironically at the same time. So what happens? It's all French people who are the judges. And this guy from Time Magazine, like, had nothing to do that day. He's like, they invited me. I'll go report on it. What the hell? And so they do all the whites and the French people who are really pretentious in this situation and like all the big wigs of whatever, they choose a California wine. And then they're like, they're like, holy shit, okay, whoa, what did we just do? You know, all right, get, get our wine face back on for the red part. So then they taste the red part, and by a hair, they pick a California Cabernet, which is like the most unheard of. So you got an inch by an inch uh, article in Time Magazine back when people read magazines a couple weeks later. Napa's like popularity exploded overnight. Oh, overnight, wow. it was like it was the legitimacy, and like think how much money you know. Like ten right. years later, it was a billion dollars. Twenty years later, it's thirty billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I say is really interesting about wine is like Thomas Jefferson was obsessed with wine, and he hated the fact that England made us drink the wines they had a hand in making money on, which was mostly port. So like. He was obsessed with it, and he did everything he could to expect. Like, I think part of Lewis and Clark was he's like, go find the wineries because <laughs> he tried to grow it on the East Coast, and you can't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would bring back wines, like a case of wine for George Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Wow. And um, his favorite wine was a sweet wine, um, and it was from a place near Bordeaux called Sauternes. But uh, he was like a hip dude, you know? And like all those guys, like Ben Franklin, they were all in it. They loved that stuff. They and were they, wine hipsters. Yeah, they well, they were. Those yeah. are, I mean, that's the thing. When you think of today, it's like these guys had these amazing cultural lives and then did all that stuff. All right, guys, wind up. We got a lot of writing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would take a lot of podcasts to go over what yeah. those guys did in like three years, you know? So, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about some more movies. Yeah, what did you see, uh, I saw The House with a Clock in Its Walls. And I got to say, um, this movie... It's a really interesting mixed bag. Like at first, sometimes when a movie is like all over the map, I like to see what other reviewers are saying. So after I saw it, um, I thought about it and I formed my impressions of it. Then I went and looked at all the other reviews and the other reviews are all over the map where, you know, Jack Black is ridiculously hamming it up. It's dark and creepy and uh, it's like, you know, there's a lot of really dark scenes to it. And I realized that as I'm reading all these reviews, they're all right because every this movie has literally everything in it. It's a weird kitchen sinky type movie. It's like, all right, we'll take a novel that's a slow moving ghost story. We'll add Harry Potter to it. We will um, tell Jack Black that he's still in Jumanji, and, uh, <laughs> and then we will um, hire a torture porn director to actually direct the movie because Eli Roth directed oh, the movie right. no from way. a hostel. He did? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of creepy. That's it's, a weird it's, choice. It's, yeah, that's a weird it's choice. It's an extremely weird choice. So, like they pull a sword out of his forehead. Like, ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do we put that scene in there? It just yeah. they had to. And, and then or also, we do it. also, For the kids. Add, yeah, yeah, and also add a kid as the central character of the movie that nobody cares about. So it was a a mess. But the thing about this movie that was really interesting is that the dark, creepy parts are really good because um, Eli Roth is... 
he knows he's how to do psychopath. that. He's a psychopath. Yeah. So he, that's what he knows how to do. Um, but then you have all these scenes that don't fit at all, like Jack Black hamming up, dumb jokes, and uh, I'm like, oh, well, now we're in Jumanji. And then like, oh, now we're in a blood ritual to raise the dead. So it's like it's this weird kind of mix of like the dark, creepy parts. Are like, I don't know how it squeaked by with a PG rating. Like, this was clearly a PG-13 movie. You're not, you're not describing yeah. a kid's movie. No, no not at all. That's what I was going to say. Like, no. This is a no. kid's movie? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like and, nightmares, and you know. There was some really creepy stuff. I'm like, oh, this, could, this is PG-13, hard PG-13. Like there's a scene where, you know, one of the characters meets an actual demon in the woods that was summoned and, you know, he cuts his hand so he's bleeding and the demon like forked tongue comes out and licks the blood off his hand i'm like this is this is not a pg movie that sounds and, like the uh, catholic church yeah yeah i mean it, and it's also like even just like you could go a Some step guy further bring grapes up the 101 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like you could even go a step further like well this is like you know could this be metaphors for christian imagery of like yeah. the, of uh it's a classic even yeah <laughs> uh, of, yeah even like you know of um stigmata or anything mm-hmm. like that and that it's stuff re- scares the shit out of you trust it's me. really creepy it's like exorcist type stuff mm-hmm. that's really scary but you know these scenes are few and far between and then they're mixed in with Jack Black hamming it up and then a um, a 10 year old kid that Eli Roth simply doesn't know what to do with because he's so used to you know creating these horrific images and you know and horror so it feels like every time Eli Roth was directing the adults. It was the movie he wanted to make. Uh, and then when he went to the scenes with the kid and the kid getting bullied in and, and school and stuff, this felt like, well, you're just trying to fill the time. Well, I want to ask you this because the, the estimated mm. budget was $42 million. It made wow. its money back. It apparently did mm-hmm. close to $45 million over the just over the U.S. Uh, has been the gross box office. So I'm a little I'm a little shocked at that number because I would have thought this movie would have had it, it. The trailer made it look like it was in the 100 to $150 million range. It's actually, um, it's one of those movies that it has a ton of special effects, beautiful production design. Like, ultimately, it's, you know, each room looks like, you know, a fun house or a haunted house, and that's kind of what they were going for. But the movie really does take place 90% in that house. So once you have these sets kind of established, you don't really go a lot of different places. So. I could see like how the budget was probably sat on a little bit. Like I'm sure out of that budget, Jack Black and Kate Blanchett got a fair amount of it. Um, and you know, the, yeah, definitely. So, so but one uh, thing I noticed is that a friend of mine is a really great actor. He's like one of these guys that's up and coming, and he gets to do a lot of really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he'll be like, what they do in a lot of these kind of movies is that they'll take somebody who had a successful small movie. And because they don't want to pay a director who's proven because they cost They're more a ton. expensive, yeah. Yeah, so they get a guy from a smaller movie. It's like, wow, we really liked your movie. I mean, it was only like $8 million budget and it, you know, won an award for mm-hmm. this and that. And they're like, can you direct like, you know, Volcano 2? Yeah. Time it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. And like, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden these guys go from like, you know, coffee house to like, you know, Maxwell house, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think a lot of it is, is that, is that they try to, you know, cut corners on that. And plus someone's fresh and it's just like a quarterback, you know, this guy's going to be good. Let's get him now. Eli Roth has been around for a while, but he's a very specific director. But he, right. But he, I'm saying in this case, they got him because they wanted him, his stamp. But I think Mm -hmm. in a lot of these movies, they do that. I think that's a great point that you're bringing up. And I doubt, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think Eli Roth, is getting like big A-list director contract. No, money. right. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's just a niche horror guy. He didn't get offered Doctor Strange. 
No, 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 no. no, he's not doing that kind of money. But no, it is a good point, too. And especially when you bring up uh, a younger, you know, indie director, you can pay them less and you have more control over them. Yes. Because an A-list director is going to go, nope, no. Because this really really felt like it was noted to death part of it. And then we're like, you know, well, like, like it was that kind of movie where... You know, like, we'll get Eli Roth and let him do his thing. And then Eli Roth shows up to set. Okay, here's what we want you to do. Like, you know, every single day on the set. And like, well, what about this? What about this? No, we want you to do it this way. Like, there's some great scenes in this movie that are creepy. Like, if you you look at, like, Chris Columbus aside, but, like, the Harry Potter storylines, when you start, Harry Potter is literally an orphan living in a closet because he's shoved under the stairs. Like, you know immediately what kind of tone and feeling that this movie's going to have. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, classic setup, parents are gone, going to live with the uncle in a haunted, magical house. But it's so goofy and silly that, you know, when it does start to get scary and stuff, it, like, the, the tone is so uneven. Like, I really feel like, after seeing this movie, if they would have let Eli Roth make the movie he wanted to make... It would have been PG-13, and it would have been dark all the way through, and Jack Black would not have been in it. Right. Like, it really, it, like, it felt like, you know, there, there were two different movies going on at the same time, and it just went back and forth between each one. And even, like, every once in a while, you go, is that Kyle MacLachlan under all that makeup? Because so. <laughs> <laughs> he's in that movie, too. But do you think they have, like, a list of guys that are like, all right, who could fit? It's like, we got Jack Black, blah, 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 and then somebody else, and the, and they... They're like, well, Eli doesn't like him, and he doesn't work good on the set. And they're like, all right, I guess Jack Black, because he'll do it. That's a great question. I don't know, because Jack Black's coming off of uh, Goosebumps, which was a huge hit, and, you know, a, quote, kids horror. But these are in two completely different categories. Like, really, Goosebumps is a PG movie where there is very little um, horror or danger or even just scary scenes it was all more kind of fun yeah where this this there were scenes in there were just really dark well that like, was probably uh, the pitch what if yeah. you got eli roth to make a yeah. kids movie and they're yeah. like yeah yeah it would be it would be creepy and then like well let's only let him make half so, and that's <laughs> right. really what it felt like don't like, let him was, do everything like there was even just little touches of scenes like you know there was like okay the chair is alive and it's acting like a dog yeah that's that's cute but then there's a scene you know later where you know, as the evil starts to manifest that, uh, you know, the paintings all change like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at one point, a painting changes to see like three coffins for the three characters. Basically, we're, you're about to die horribly. Like that kind of like creepy. And he's trying to keep the painting so the kid doesn't see it. Like uh, there's that kind of creepiness is like, oh, well, that's what the entire movie should have been. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, my, my 10-year-old loved it. He thought it was fantastic. And oh, the, really? the other thing is that... Uh, what sometimes studio executives don't understand, but I think um, Eli Roth does understand, kids like to be scared, and they can also handle a certain amount of creepiness. Like, if this movie was creepy all the way through, it wouldn't have bothered kids 10 and above. Would I let under 10 see it? No. I think 10 is like a good cutoff for a movie like this. Uh, but it, it's not the kind of thing where it's all studio notes. Like, you know, Pixar doesn't do this. Like, uh, well, we have to add dumb jokes that the kids will like here. No, the kids are perfectly fine with it right. being a creepy, right. horror, scary movie all the way through. You don't right. you don't have to put, you know, dumb jokes with a, uh, you know, a chair that acts like a dog, you know, when you have, um, um, when you're learning necromancy and learning how to raise the dead with your own blood. <laughs> so, you know, you don't necessarily kids need both necromancy. of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You don't necessarily it's need in. both those Let's things. And, and it was like, it's uh, all the, the, you know, the kid bullying stuff was like shoehorned in, but it was interesting. Like, there was a lot of potential of uh, 
you know, you could kind of make these uh, parallels of like, you know, he's alone, his parents have died, and, uh, you know, magic could be a metaphor for the shit he's going through in school, but that connection is never really made. Hmm. And also, they try to make this kid a really, you know, nerdy outcast. So, because it's set in the 50s, and he's like wearing, uh, you know, goggles because of his favorite Captain Midnight or whatever the, his favorite radio play is. It's like, and one of the kids at school says, you know, maybe kids would like you more, new kid, if you wouldn't wear goggles on your head. And he finds that to be a complete revelation. Like, really? I think a kid in middle school knows if you're wearing goggles all day long, kids are going to make funny. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it takes a genius to figure that out. Uh, so, so this movie, it's interesting. It was a real mixed bag. It's not a great movie, but... The creepy uh, Eli Rothy and <laughs> touches in it are, are really good. So, so do you recommend this? One? I recommend seeing it uh, with a fast forward button. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, so wait till it comes online. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a fast forward button. Yeah, so so you can you can go over the goofy stuff and get to like the really interesting absolutely good not parts. worth buying a ticket and going to a theater. Nah, it's it, 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 know that you have to sit through at least thirty to forty minutes of bullshit <laughs> to get the uh, to get the good stuff. Like it's not a you know it's. <laughs> I wish the movie poster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sit there 30, 30 40 minutes, minutes of bullshit, bullshit but, uh, but the rest is a good. Roller coaster of fun. Yeah. After. So, so it's it's just one of those really weird mixed bag movies where the good parts are really good, but the bad parts are really bad. So well, what's a, what's another movie like that? Or like you know, give me an idea of another movie that Godzilla. You- Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, where it's like, you know, when you finally saw Godzilla at the end and saw the monster fights, it was really fun, but you had to wait through an hour of not seeing Godzilla right. to, like, to get to it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, they just, they, you know, the Jaws mentality of, like, don't yeah. show it until yeah. it's read. Until- which was wrong. Yeah, that doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Everyone Especially that was, that was a, that was not a strategy. No, that was a mm-hmm. machine breaking. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But they it was had it, to. it was yeah. you know uh, it was a doctor you know a young doctor Spielberg who's right. like I better do this. Let's see what happens if this thing will live. You know this mm-hmm. movie, and it was a brilliant stroke of luck. But you know I think a lot of you know because these guys are all scared to do anything on their mm-hmm. own, so they have to follow some kind of right. footing. You know, and I'd like to see a fan edit of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> where somebody just takes the movie, cuts out, you know, all the Jack Black scenes of him mugging to the camera or act or well, falling that's, down. Or, that's, uh, isn't that what they do in those yeah. screenings where they're like, you know, we, the screenings say they hated when the kid blew up at the end, you know, so we got right. rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but sometimes are those, you know, is that legitimate? Like oh the focus groups yeah I, I in my opinion the focus groups never work I, I feel like exactly. you know you know filmmaking is an art just like anything else let the artist make their vision and and fail or succeed on that but you said not on the focus groups really interesting about your kid and mm-hmm. you know I have a kid around the same age and it's mm-hmm. like we always try to like you gotta see Star Wars it's gonna be great right. and then a mm-hmm. lot of kids are like who cares and you're yeah. like what? <laughs> How what's could you wrong say? with you sacrilege yeah, yeah. And, and then and then all of a sudden they're into their own it's like mm-hmm. they want their own thing right because it's now mm-hmm. it's like they want their own music they want their own film they yeah. want their own everything and it's like well i think this book was actually written i believe in the 70s i mean it's an it's an older book yeah uh, but like i said that the, it got harry pottered up like you know there was there was never a uh, a mansion filled with moving pictures and monsters you know that that kind well, of well it, it's based the yeah. author grew up in marshall michigan and it's based on the real life cronin mansion uh, in Marshall, which is sort of the basis for the town of New... Uh, yeah, that's where Ted Nugent lives now. Yeah. I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it was good and creepy, the, the house that he based it on. <laughs> what is it? It's, the Nugent Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> the Nugent Estate. Now you see the Nuge come out of the clock. <laughs> <laughs> 
It says it's Eli Roth's first adaptation of a literary work, his first gothic work, and his first family film. So a lot of firsts for Eli yeah, Roth wow. on this movie. That's a weird combo for <laughs> yeah, him. Right. It's like Chinese food, but with some <laughs> syrup and... Uh, and tacos. <laughs> and non bread. Yeah. It's like, okay. And a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, all right. wrapped yeah. inside of that. Um, all right. Well, I saw the 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 doc on Netflix, uh, Quincy. It's called mm -hmm. Quincy. It's about Quincy Jones, oh, and wow. it's done by his daughter Rashida Jones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First of all, I didn't know she was his his kid. I you know I obviously know her from The Office, but right. I, I didn't know. Um, and I've seen you know there's one other, there's probably more than one because he's he's so prolific. But there was that doc that came out I don't know 15, 20 years ago. Listen up, I believe. Um, and this doc is really well made because. She does an excellent job. It's 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 she tells the story. It's not about her. You know, she's not in it that much. But you can tell, you know, one of his daughters made this movie. Right. Um has that personal loving touch. Very huh? personal loving mm -hmm. touch about it and cuz he like, wouldn't let just anybody. He's a pretty big dude. Kind of like for yeah. the love of Spock kind of thing where a little uh, bit, a little yeah. bit like that. Mm -hmm. Not now. Now that's a great example. The love of Spock <laughs> was slightly different because it had to kind of go through their relationship, right? Which was good. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's a really good doc as well. But it was that was very much, not very much, but a lot of the love of Spock was focused on Nimoy and his son's relationship, yes. and their they had a rough patch and how it was hard to be Spock's son, kid. yeah, kid or whatever, because um, he was all human. Right. <laughs> well, when your dad can, you know, read your mind, right, it's kind of trouble right. when yeah. you're in high school smoking yeah. weed. Yeah. He knows where you were out. Yeah. To, but for at you get the he'll do the Vulcan death grip on you. That's yeah. It's just, it's just like, he's like, oh, were you out past your bedtime? No. Let me have your, your thoughts, thoughts to my thoughts. <laughs> dad. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Don't mind meld me. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Um, so it was, it starts out. Um, you know, kind of seeing Rashida Jones just being a daughter, you know, he's in his 80s and his health is not great. And she's like, Dad, you know, you, the doctor said you got to stop drinking and you got to, and he's like, I know, baby, I will. You know, and he's just like, no, he's not. <laughs> you know, um, not at that point. But so I was like, wow, so what is, how is this doc going to unfold? And she does a very, a, a really cool thing. I think it's a great, um, way to tell a story in a documentary like this because this isn't this is this, this is one person's life work it isn't like we went to this event type documentary so she starts we see him today and you know he's going through some health stuff and then all of a sudden we're in chicago in like 1939 on the south side of chicago where he grew up and you start to hear his voiceover and the, the cool thing is because she is, is his daughter she has access to all of his licensing mm -hmm. Because I'm just like, so she's using all the of his library. music, the yeah. whole library, yeah. interview footage. Oh, here's him at the Grammys. You know, here's him on Oprah. Like yeah. all this footage. She um, doesn't have to check with the estate no, to get footage cleared. Nope. Right. She just goes, yeah. hey, dad, can we use this? And he goes, sure thing, pumpkin. You know, and she gets, <laughs> wow. there's the license deal. So that it was- It'd be harder to get footage from the office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's why- it was so perfect for her to make this because she mm -hmm. had that access mm -hmm. and knows him obviously closely. And, you know, so then he starts telling a story of how he grew up. I didn't know how he grew up. You know, he grew up in a real tough situation. His mom suffered mental illness and yeah. she was violent and they had to take her away. And he, that's a big, 
He's like, I, he talks about, I remember when they came with the straight jacket and got her out, you know, and it was like, woof. Wow. And how old was he then? You know, nine or oh 10. Just one of those ages Jesus. where it's just stamped in your head yeah. forever. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, you know, and, and they did a real cool parallel thing. And he talks about, you know, uh, my dad just worked all the time. So that's what I did. And, you know, it's like, I got on this guy, Count Basie's band when I was 16. And just like, it is a musical history lesson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, American history in terms of like back then, you know, we couldn't, we had to come through the back door of the club and all that, right. all the Jim Crow laws. Yeah. And man, Quincy Jones has been in the center of American music since he was about 16 years old. Yes. I mean, he was like, oh, and I was in New York when, when they were- And then a few side projects of producing television. Television shows, <laughs> movies. Yeah. I mean, but he's like, oh yeah, I was in New York with Miles Davis and then when they were creating Bebop. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like this most uniquely American- art form and then frank sinatra he had a big time with him too that was that was such a cool thing and he and again that's another great historical thing he talks about sinatra and they're in vegas and all of the black performers you know couldn't stay in the hotel right they could perform in the big showroom and sinatra went nah yeah this no ain't way. right yeah. and that changed it and it was like wow and you saw like quincy jones just collaborated with all of the most amazing people. And then they would cut back to today and he's still like mentoring young musicians. Yeah. And he still talks. He's like, okay, baby, yeah, you gotta make a groove like that and jam. And it was just like, mm -hmm. it's cool that mm -hmm. he's 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 still Well, guys like that are visionary. It's like it's almost like when he and Michael Jackson worked together, mm -hmm. he would like, what do you got, Michael? And Michael would be like, and he'd be like, Oh, that's amazing. And he would like, they're on a different level. And, and interpretation of like what a really true artist is. I mean, it's like it wasn't. They were like audio sommeliers. Pretty much. <laughs> Master. They go yeah. beyond that. Master. But it wasn't like he was working with Aha. I mean, he was with, yeah. like, you know, like, okay, no, bring the take on me up. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, no, he was with guys. Every person he was with was basically a visionary or a legend or both. Oh, yeah. Mm. and Yeah, exactly. All these people he worked with were like groundbreaking. Yeah. Were like, let's try something new. Like he, he was like all of these moments in history where he was like, and when this artist had this, they changed their whole career album. Oh, Quincy was, you know, like he was involved in some capacity. And I mean, and then there's just cool stuff of him like in the last four or five years, you know, getting this award and flying all over and, you know, like just seeing the recognition and, and then he's in his offices and they're doing some live, you know, he opens up the, the uh, African-American museum. He, that's, that's kind of a through line of the, of the today storyline of getting mm. that museum opened up and what, you know, he's like, these young kids today don't understand the Jim Crow laws. They don't understand the, you know, he's like, my grandmother was a slave, you know? So it's like, that's, <laughs> he's like, people need to understand that. So you see him and he's, he's like, uh, he's talking to his assistant. Yeah, call Oprah, uh, get Colin Powell. And you're just like, yeah, mm -hmm. that's your guest list. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, And you wow. have all those numbers? <laughs> yep. And, and they all show up. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it's, it's every massively famous person of the last 40 years well, is intersected with this guy. Oh, and I, there's a great story he told. And the thing is, is like a guy like that, 
was so, so such a non-chicken about life and getting it and doing it and taking every day and making it a thousand percent. It's amazing what that guy did and how he went about it. And he told the story, and this had to be like in the 60s, where he's having dinner with Picasso. Yeah. And is it in the movie? Uh, no, but I mean, like he's he, just a briefly, but like, yeah, it's he's but, intersected with everybody. With everybody. And it's like, so he's having dinner with Picasso and he's like, it really struck me be, to be like bizarre and, and like and change my way of thinking that when the bill came, Picasso would just like he took the the bones of the fish he had and put it into a little like you know artistic yeah. way mm-hmm. and that was how he paid and he's like you know and it was just the way the guy told the story I'm like that only works for guy, Picasso by the well, way well it only works for Picasso <laughs> but it's like what a way to think about how to live your life it's like do it on your terms and I think. That guy never really probably thought about money as much as he thought about just doing whatever the hell he wanted to. Yeah, and his visions. I mean, it's it, the guy's truly an American icon. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, literally, he has been a part of shaping American culture. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. I, and I, for the next fifty oh, years, yeah. mm-hmm. it's it's so amazing. And then, you know, and then they do little cool things like there's just this montage of all the travel he's having to do. So they play the Sanford and some theme. Oh, which yeah, which is great. And show him getting on a plane and going yeah. and just, as captain mm-hmm. this award and flying. You know, it's just like, oh man, that was brilliant. And that mm-hmm. that's where I was like, that's his daughter. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good filmmaker. That is very. It's a personal subject. You know, there's two types of of documentary subject you know filmmakers are the ones that are like you're an outside observer documenting this or you're in this world living it so you have access and a view on it that you can show to the outside world hey this is this cool world that i'm a part of and so it, it's really it's a great it's a great film it's on netflix i, re- I highly recommend oh i'm it. definitely gonna watch that i did i mean i've read a lot about him and stuff and he's very outspoken too he said some pretty crazy stuff yeah kind of recently like about people and you know i mean he's just someone who's like i don't give a shit what yeah. you think what i say it's like i'm 80 i conquered the world and who cares what you think what yeah. i think <laughs> you know yeah it's 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 a fascinating it's a really well-made doc and it's a very interesting story and, and obviously if you're a quincy jones and a, and a music fan you're going to really love it but even if you're not it's just an he has an, such an interesting life well i forgot that he did the sanford and son and that alone like i'm there just from that oh yeah <laughs> But everything else is pretty incredible too. Yeah, and all these movie scores. <clears throat> yeah, that's oh, the other yeah. thing. That was a whole nother career. He had all he did all these just classic movie scores. I'm like, oh, that's right. I love that movie and that movie. It's just like, it's amazing. So, Visionary. Yeah. Yep. All right, and uh, so Patrick, you saw um, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary too. I know we talked about it before, but we want to get yeah. Your I saw take it in 3D, it. by the way. Which nice. I <laughs> IMAX 3D <laughs> doc. Right. You know, when she's coming at you, it's, whoa. <laughs> no, this was an amazing documentary. And my wife made me go see it because, you know, as opposed to the kids' movies that we are inundated with, right. she wanted I understand. him to see, like, mm-hmm. you know, something about An a adult. positive yeah. woman, you know, especially in this time and age. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like one of those movies where you're, like, so inspired. It's like, don't cry, don't cry, you know, because you see this woman who's, like, just her whole life you know it's like another person is like i don't care what the world thinks or what or what i shouldn't or should like in quincy jones it's like he's an african-american it's like oh you can't do that he's like yes i can watch and it's like doesn't you know these people are like all action you know what i mean it's like that's where their the results are 
you know, show us the results. And, and her life is fascinating because she has, you know, loves her kids, you know, has her ups and downs, has a husband who like does all the stuff so she can be this person. I mean, he was pretty successful too, but like, you know, it's like behind every great man is a great, and in this case it was a great man was behind the woman. But, you know, she would get like, treated really unfairly at like Harvard and stuff. And they try to push her out and like, what are you doing here? And there'd be like two women and you can't hack it. And of course she did, you know, and then just kept going up the the stairs to like for women, you know, and like everybody wants to put a label like feminism and stuff like that. It's like, I don't understand that label because it just should be, you know, women are women. And, but we, of course that's not the case. And we see it with what's going on right now Mm -hmm. to be exactly alongside of her. And when you think of like, you know, her literal partisan thing for the left, it's really just for women. And it was like, it was unbelievably inspiring. And then she gets to the point where she starts trying cases in the seventies and it's like, they're like, you know, the Nixon people kind of like, uh, we got you. And then the next time she came back and won and then won and then won and then starts like getting in, going from lawyer to judge to like, you know, circuit judge, you know, and up those steps, ultimately getting to be, uh, you know, Supreme Court justice. And then like seeing this. There's nowhere woman, else to go from there. Well, That's it's it. like, but, and then you see a part of it is like her physically trying to keep herself in good shape. Cause it's like, you know, the, the, the joke is like, don't die, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and, uh, it just like, it was an amazing movie about, you know, an inspired American who's just doing it for the right reasons. And like, like they should, they show her like the Kate McKinnon bit from SNL. Mm-hmm. She's like, ha ha, that's funny. That's not me at all. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just like you're dealing with people who's mental, like Quincy Jones, who's they're mentally above, you know, the sky. They're like they're just really, really intelligent people that, you know, it'd be great. They operate if, on a different level. Yeah, they operate on a different exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, in this country, is that people are so much into like what's stupid and what's not important, and like following in the footsteps of you know the f- social media debatetry that happens every day, and it's like. Really inspiring to see somebody's like. We have the words it. YouTube star all together in that order. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, Larry. Yeah, it's, uh, it's true. It's true. And that's the thing. And um, she just pushes all these li- limits and is fought every time, try to be pushed back. And, you know, the other thing was that she was really close with um, what's his name? The, the uh, Scalia. Who was like the polar opposite, yep. and they were they were completely tight buddies, and like always spent time together and always socialized together. And she's you know um, she's obsessed with the opera, so they put her in an opera, and it's incredible. I mean, it's like again, it's like pure culture. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like get the phone out of my face. I don't want to see. It's like I want to see human beings being artists, and it's just like. You know, it's so inspiring. And then, um, you know, the Scalia thing where she can show you like how tight they were and how she was like, I, everything he says, I will listen to and I will try to see his point of view. And then maybe we'll come to an agreement. Probably not, but I will definitely give it that shot. And it's like, and then last week you see, you know, Brett Kavanaugh and take away all the, 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 you know, the, Thing that he's they're pissed off about he comes in and like on a fully 
partisan rant. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like that alone is disqualified. Right from the, right yeah. from the start. And yeah. that's the yeah. thing. She would never do that. Revenge never do that. from the Clintons? Really? Is right. That, was that where we're going? I mean, it's like he was obviously given a no card from Trump. It's like, sing this, this, and this, <laughs> yeah. and you'll we were be just fine. just talking about that before the show. Where oh, that yeah, was, I mean, his whole was speech the, was It was like, the most rehearsed, media-coached speech yeah. I've ever seen. Ever. And, and, maybe and, ever. And the thing mm-hmm. that, that, that goes to, to the doc and, and who she is as a person is, and maybe, you know, even Scalia... I would wager would probably would have said if he was still maybe would is and I don't I probably would disagree with ninety nine percent of Scalia's anything, but I bet you he felt the same way about her. Yes, he did absolutely. He was totally like respected yeah. the hell out of her and would probably go. I'll listen to what you have to mm-hmm. say, and they had at least a reverence for the highest court in the land, which and was for in, each other, which right. was put there. Mm-hmm. By the founding fathers yeah. as a as a stopgap so that a president didn't become king. Right. And mm-hmm. and checks just, and balances. It is checks and balances. And so to see these this partisan like just get get our guy in there so that we can overturn Roe whatever Wade, we don't like whatever we don't well, like. whatever we don't like it's and like it's they'll like, send all the laws that they can't fix to them. And they have like, no okay. yeah they have no regard yeah. for the sanctity of that court that uh, that she had has and Scalia had like at least which is so it's so it's so we're just so past this point like yeah you know they always call it like swing votes you know like oh there that justice is the swing vote you know what every justice on the Supreme Court should be a swing vote. Yeah. The whole point is that uh, they're looking at everything fairly so you're you shouldn't be able to predict which each judge is going to rule. Yeah and this ridiculous two-party <laughs> system now uh, that we only have two parties in this mm. whole country that yeah. have any weight or say on anything. So then those two parties get to cut up the Supreme Court. Court. That's it. Yeah. We should get nine people who really care about the country and the Constitution and the law. Right. And maybe have their own conservative, liberal, progressive. Well, that's a whole. Whatever. No, that's a whole other. I think we need at least three Freemasons on the court. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, get uh, let's what's give the another secret of, society a chance. To yeah, run let's give that. You know, that's what we need. <laughs> but give the yeah, skull and bones a seat. Yeah. But it, it's also when you when you think about that like, California has two senators and so does North Dakota. Oh, I know the the Senate is. Ridiculous. I mean, it's like it's, it's where the, good good ideas go to die. Right. So when someone like her or even Scalia, they're both representing a huge portion of this country fairly to a degree. You know, they're really smart people who write out everything. I mean, and the thing is, like, Clarence Thomas, I mean, he hasn't even said anything in the court for, like, because, like, they, they can talk, you know? You can't film in there. So, you like, you can talk. And, like, sh- you know, they'll be like, but wouldn't the rights of the person be put back a year if they did, you know, and, like, say this stuff to as the trials are going on. Clarence Thomas has, hasn't spoken in like seven years. I think wow. he did recently, but before that, it was like seven or eight years. I mean, and so she's, you know, so that gives, so the far right calls her an activist because she talks. And it's like, isn't that what you want? Scalia was definitely a talker. He mm-hmm. was the biggest talker of all. And, um, you know, they didn't say that about him. Well, maybe they're all just good listeners. Right. <laughs> but you know what's interesting, too, is like in, in when she was young, she was extremely beautiful, too. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, she's lived this life. You know, when you're talking about Quincy Jones, I remember, remember Del Close in Chicago, mm-hmm. the improv guy? He would talk about these great people. He's like, well, they lived lives. They, always, they, they did so many things, so they, they lived their life, and then they could reflect on it. And I just think 
That's one of the things that you see in both what we're, you and I are talking about. Those two movies. And yeah. Eli Roth, of course. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but in the life yeah, of a he, demon chaser. He's been in Chateau yeah. Marmont, like, you know, taped yeah. to a wall yeah. for like eight yeah. years. Like, am I ready to come out now? You couldn't have made Hostel unless there was some shit going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he, he's a little bit uh, kooky. And, um, but it's it's fascinating stuff. And it's like, I think it's it's something that should be... You know, um, kids should see automatically because we deal like they are like you said earlier, they're set up for us, for this country. And every person should it should be mandatory to like know how this stuff works and know it's instead it's like people are just looking at shit all the time, you know, like YouTube or, or Instagram or Facebook and you know, I mean, that's kind of a, that's like kind of passe for me to say that, but it's true. You know, it's like people don't understand what these people go through and what laws they change, so you can have a normal life that you take totally for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. well, um, it's all going to come to an end soon, anyway. So. Well, and then I'll tell <laughs> America? you, America, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my kids stood up and applauded at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So that was kind of cool. Of house with a clock in its walls? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have too. He's a big <laughs> yeah. applauder. Yeah. You know? But uh, he's, well, you know, I was like, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, no, he he jumped up and he really liked oh, it. Oh, that's you awesome. Know? Yeah. All right. So, um, Graham, we've got some Patreon sponsors oh, this week. What do we got now? Yeah, we've got... Um, Exxon Mobil just yes. signed <laughs> in. What's that? Well, those guys are... We've yes. been waiting. Well, please welcome the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Check cashing at Joe's around the corner. (laughs) Um, Johnny Rulon is promoting his novel uh, Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And the Audacity Performing Arts Project produces after-school performing arts projects in poor, underfunded, and low-performing schools. Performing arts education is not a luxury. Please visit them at audacityperformingarts.com. That's audacityperformingarts.com. And uh, Chris Parker Howard's uh, podcast, Coffee Over Suicide, it's a dramedy podcast about choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at randomify.com. R-A-N-D-U-M-B-I-F-Y dot com. And uh, our pal Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April 2018 with a binaural microphone, which creates an immensely intensive and immersive listening experience. Uh, Google Alice Frazier Trilogy for more info. Now, I do want to say, like, thank you to all the um, the Patreon uh, subscribers as well as the Patreon ad-tier subscribers. We really appreciate it. And you ad-tier people have been here for uh, many months now, and we really appreciate you guys uh, uh, with the consistency because it's 50 bucks a month. We know that's a, a decent chunk of change, and we really appreciate it, you sticking around for many months. And, you know, if you've got a small business or a little thing to promote and you don't have a huge marketing budget, $50 a month actually, and, that, and those you get It's a not lot. a huge bite. Nope, and you mm-hmm. get a lot for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right, Graham, we got some trailers. Oh, my heavens. Um, Here comes this. X-Men, Dark Phoenix. X-Men, colon, Dark Phoenix. Oh, colon, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I thought the last one was the last one. I didn't think they'd make any more. They say the last one after everyone. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Broken. 
is a fragile thing. Takes only the slightest tap to tip it in the wrong direction. Is that the end? Charles. Yes. yes. What did you do? I had to keep a stable. But not the end of X-Men movies. I'm especially with Disney yeah. buying them. It's the ironic. From the truth? There's another word for that. Came looking for answers. So you feel like you don't Not Patrick there. Stewart. You don't. Professor X again. They can't begin to comprehend what you are. She's changing. Into what? You didn't come here looking for answers. You came here looking for permission. Jean. She's all rage. Pain. It's all coming out at once. Jean lost control, but she's still our friend. This is your fault, Charles. Turning the world is on the brink. Phoenix. I'm sorry. I didn't stop it sooner. You're always sorry, Charles. And there's always a speech. And nobody cares. There's still hope. Don't do this. They're right to fear me. I've seen evil. Time lapse. Some hair, then no hair. And I'm looking at it now. Whoa. And she's hot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who do, you know, why are these X-Men chicks so hot? It's such a great coincidence. <laughs> yeah, There's not like Uglino mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. like, oh man, mm-hmm. she can just get really annoying. So fast. it's it's a really weird, like, I, I, I wasn't really sold on this trailer, like, especially with like, I don't know if the trailer's holding back. It's like, well, is there going to be another Wolverine cameo or what's, what's going to happen here? Um, because, you know, Wolverine and Jean Grey had a, relationship together so i don't know if this is going to play into it at all uh and also there's a uh it will now that inter- you said that yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's an international uh, or okay. international what did he say inter- write it down yeah yeah interstellar uh component to like dark phoenix like i don't know will there be aliens and spaceships it doesn't look like it it looks like this is kind of a stripped down version of like the dark phoenix storyline so i don't know where it's going to go or how good it's going to be i don't know i i, I after X-Men First Class, I don't expect anything to be as good as that one. Yeah, I'm not... What about Logan was pretty good? Logan though. was really good, I mean, good, that was yeah. a really entertaining movie. And yeah. that was the best... I mean, they turned that guy into, like, a real character. Yeah. It's like in the soap opera where the, where the bad guy becomes the good guy, like, after a year, you know? It's like right. Kind of the opposite. <laughs> yeah. And it was a smart move. I don't know mm-hmm. who came up with that, but that was a good move to get him to be that. Mm-hmm. I actually, you know, when I first heard about this film, I was like, I don't know. But I watched that, and I go... You know, it could go either way. A lot like, of these X Men movies are really good, and I, it was a it was a specifically and deliberately vague trailer. Like, we're not going to give you too much. We just we're just going to show you that Jean Grey is going off the rails. That's it. That's all we're showing you. Yeah, Jean Grey goes goes rogue, and you know we get the band back together to, to lose yeah. her end. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, they always like in every one of these trailers. This, this is the thing I can't handle. It's like where you put your hand up and the car flies up from the back. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's. It's just kind of like, okay, and so you're, you can make cars fly around. What else you got? You know, yeah. at this point, it's like, 
you know, can you fix a toilet? Like, I don't know. It's just something. It just take it out of the, it's like, they just keep, and I understand that each, you know, every five years, it's kind of a different generation goes, oh, we've said it before. The art assets are already in the computer. For the flipping car. I mean, it's, yeah. it is it is interesting the the thing that they touch on in this trailer of she's full of anger and rage mm-hmm. and she just wants revenge and she right. wants to kind of blow the whole world up and so mm-hmm. and the and you know if this trailer is accurate then there's the there's the line that we heard of of well um, you know she's still our friend and so can can we bring her back into the fold right. you know that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. She's a hot red-haired chick. You, you know how well she could do in commercials. I mean, really, like, just in the end, she gets like a commercial agent. She signs with you know a ten-year deal doing yeah. Wendy's. Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm saying, look at commercials. There's That'll always take like the a, edge of the rage off. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's <laughs> that residual, yeah, yeah, residual yeah. check that right. like, well, I, I worked for a day. I'm still uh, getting checks for thirty thousand dollars. Nice mm-hmm. union insurance. Yeah, right? this yeah. Is, and then so she bad. finds out it's non-union and kills everybody. That's yeah. Everyone, Sag asks for their money back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. Now, I thought this next trailer was a um, was an SNL parody. I didn't realize it was an actual trailer for an actual film. So, oh boy. ladies and gentlemen, Holmes and Watson. The dol- Oops, we got some ad Dolphins are week oh, five. Oh, they? Oh, they are just ads for an ad. Your Majesty. May I present to you the greatest detective of all time, Sherlock Holmes, and Dr. John Watson. I love you. Watson? Oh! What a looker, right? She is stunning. No laughs yet, guys? No? Uh, <laughs> His methods yeah. are ingenious. Right there. He's a master of disguise. What have you done with Sherlock? Why, Watson? Wow, look, the, mu- the mustache gag yeah. from Bugs Bunny. Amazing. From 50 years ago. His accent is brilliant. Angle of approach. Compensate for warping floor. Termination of mosquito. Well done, Holmes. Who let the dogs out? A murder in Buckingham Palace. Solve this case in four days or I will kill the Queen. Signed, Professor James Moriarty. Come, Watson. We have a killer to catch. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. (laughs) did the no shit Sherlock joke, too. Dr. Grace Hart. A woman doctor. Oh, are they using the Thin boys are back? Thin Lizzie, that guy must be spinning in the grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you like some heroin? I have two days left to live. Remember they, re- they always release the bees and they go nuts. You see, it's sort of a self-photograph. He's a real fan. I swear, I never. Mm, I wonder if the this. queen will get hey hit girl, in the head. Over by the window, the lighting's much better. Oh, there we go. How did you predict that? She'd be dead. They murdered the queen. Right. Wow. Wow. Wait, did that say Ethan Cohen? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Really, uh, oh, okay. Hurtful. I look like Ethan Cohen directed. I'm like, wow. There's another guy. Oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Um, 
I I don't know how to express. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> just the still photograph when I had to Google <laughs> the trailer. Yeah. I went, oh, this is not funny. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Who I like. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's very funny. I like John C. Riley. I like too. both yeah. of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Will Ferrell on a wacky wig, doing crazy voices, everyone getting bonked on the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I can I um go to a midnight screening to not watch this? Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Well it's <laughs> it's just like when you see that it was like basically Every Three Stooges bit. I used to watch the Three Stooges sure. all the time. Yeah. I mean, we we grew up in the winter when there, you had to stay inside and there was no mm-hmm. real. Yep. So I watched all those things. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that was missing from the Three Stooges where at the end where they don't have an ending and they just run out to Culver Boulevard and run down the street. Like, <laughs> where it just ends like, it's like, what happened? No, <laughs> they just, it ends there. Like, or maybe, they're not really plumbers anymore. They just gave it up. Maybe they'll be eating soup and then a clam will squirt them with water. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just like every little thing, you know, it's like hit people in the head and the mm. queen. Oh, my God. That's just like those guys are better than that. And they have a lot of Completely. money. Why are they doing? I just don't understand. That was not why a cheap movie doing that? to make. No. That was millions upon millions of dollars yep. thrown down a toilet. Yep. It's um, I'm going to see if I can. So you make the money the first week on that movie. And then they're like, all right, we, we made our money back and then we can sell. I don't, it, even, you know? I don't even think it's going to make its money back on the first be, week. It, but in Christmas, you know, that's. You might bit, get some overflow when people yeah. can't get into the movies they want to see. Right. Like, all right, well, uh, yeah. Holmes and Watson's available. Because you know that's going to be like just who knows. I can't get any. I can't get any budget details on it. But I, mm-hmm. I just it's kind of thing. Neither like, can the investors. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, don't worry about it. You'll get your money back. Really? Oh, okay. Here's a check. I just feel like God, that's a lot of time to spend making making bad, garbage, making yeah. a bad movie. There's so many mm-hmm. other things I'd want to do. Yeah, there's well, so many other better comedies you could make. Yeah, think mm-hmm. about like Anchorman. That cost him a hundred bucks, considering to, compared to that. And it's like, it's a movie that just continuously. It's like yeah. it's like a fine wine. It yes. ages well and. This is just like fodder for, you know, when each time of the year in L.A. you see the billboards with like it just all this junk. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like going away from you soon. You know, it's like this will fail and it's another like multi-bazillion dollar like failure. Well, you wonder, too, if, if like, you know, the uh, the best things people are going to say about it are like, oh, they were better together in Step Brothers. You know, that's going to yeah, be like the... Yeah, they didn't recreate the magnetic energy they had. No, we just have... Yeah. So, I, I know what's know. worse, watching it or listening to the critics try to like be smart about how they... Yeah, like, how bad it was. It. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, so it's a waste of time and energy all the way They just around. need the wah, 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 mm-hmm. like at the end, you know, basically. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, even like, I wonder like as they were shooting it, like was anybody, were the grips laughing or were the grips just rolling their eyes? No, they like were, that, it took forever. Yeah. They were getting golden time. So yeah. <laughs> I'd do it again if All I right. were you, sir. Yeah. yeah. Now the CGBs go here, so uh, you know we'll just have to reshoot this again. Yeah, they shot the bees. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> All right. Um, DVD Blu-ray coming out in VOD. The first purge. Yes. The purge quill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I didn't see this one. I've seen all the other purges. No, I've seen the other ones too. I didn't get to see this one. I want to see it. I like this franchise. The other thing too is there's been a limited series on TV too for the purge. Oh, that really? I ha- that I haven't seen yet either. I don't know. It's on one of those 
weird channels that nobody gets that they're right. hoping people will buy <laughs> or uh, or request from the cable company. See, I thought it was so, like uh, bulimia at first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sorry, that was dumb. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, so I want to see this one. Like I said, I like the franchise. Uh, uh, it was one of those kind of lightning in a bottle type premises of a movie where it was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And it was, you know, Ethan Hawke and, you know, rich suburban dad trying to protect his family from the purge. It and was they, really interesting. Know, they're, they're always low budget and they, mm-hmm. they, they're horror with social commentary. They're horror, exactly. They're, mm-hmm. it, and it's pretty decent social but commentary. But the, the low yeah. budget is what makes you believe this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the minute you put that that zillion dollar sheen, it's like right. this is stupid. Yeah. It's like that yeah. didn't happen. It that's feel not it. like. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. That's where they should be making movies because if you look back, that's the stuff that sticks to the wall. It might not make two hundred million, but in the long run, they're yeah. going to make their money because right. it's a good movie. And that's that will always be repeated. And these dumb, like big budget movies are just like here today, gone tomorrow. It's like fast food. Yeah, like, for diarrhea. sure. So uh, next one is Sicario: Day of the Soldado. Didn't see this one. Didn't have any interest in seeing it. The first Sicario is so good. Right. This one was like also didn't have the main character. Yeah, in the it. most yeah. important character, the most yeah. engaging yeah. character right. of it. I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I, I. It's like making a Goosebumps sequel without Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess I. This is a movie. If it shows up on VOD or something, and I'm just home and want to watch a movie, and I'm bored, I could see myself going, "All right." Yeah, I really feel like you know we don't really have the straight to DVD sequels as much anymore with VOD and just right. the way things are changing. But this smells of that, where yeah. it's like, well, we don't have the budget to make a full sequel. Just, you know, buy the license, buy the name, and we'll send Wing it in. out to, yeah, D- yeah, on DVD or whatever. Well, you know, I like Narcos, which was really great. I thought the first season. And then the second one was okay. And then you get to mm-hmm. like, and then just kind of like loses its its kind of vibe. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important for these guys. Sometimes you got to walk away from the table. Right. You know, you did a great thing. Yeah, you know, and they, you don't those have guys, to extend it. Yeah, and then you get a group of guys are like, "Hey, we got a hedge fund. We'll make this happen." Blah, yeah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> all right. So, but it, it, look, we did the numbers, and we'll make blah blah blah, and it'll be worth it. And then it's this like this franchise has got a lot of brand equity in it. Let's put some money in. Well, yeah. and then, but I think it hurts the original. You know what I mean? When you make a really, it dilutes it. When you make a really boring or or yeah, a diluted sequel, it's mm-hmm. like it hurts the. Because you don't, because when a sequel is great, it's such an unusual phenomenon mm-hmm. that it's like they just want to get back to that, and they they just think it's a slam dunk. It's not, you yeah. know. No. Stop making sequels that suck. It's also very rare that a sequel with a slashed budget from the original tends to be that great or do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like basically like Jaws 3. It's yeah, like, come yeah. on, guys. Yeah, it's you like, know? all right, it's about, you know, your fraction of the budget. And just now, the, now it's personal. This is yeah. Victorville, not yeah. Mexico, I can tell. <laughs> Victorville. Yeah. And uh, the next movie is Three Identical Strangers. I really wanted to see this documentary, but I, I didn't get a chance to yet. So oh, I'm I heard it was it out. incredible. Yeah, if you check out the trailer, it's really amazing where, uh, um, you know, these three triplets were separated at birth and uh, one of them finds the other and they think they're twins and then a third one <laughs> appears it's, it's crazy because there's another documentary about two twins these two korean girls that were twins that were mm-hmm. separated and one was adopted by like a australian family or something or a french family and one was adopted by a 
an American family and they find each other, which is insane. And now you're telling me there's there's a third? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, that's fantastic. I mean, this is the most amazing thing ever, but there's more. But there's what? more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's enough. You thought one. your story was nuts. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to see I, and this. And what kind of, like, I mean, the people, like, wouldn't, like, set it up that someday we'll tell you about, you know, your siblings. They just have to kind of fall into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's unbelievable. Well, some of them, at least the story with the, the two Korean girls that I watched a couple years ago was the adoption or the orphanage in Korea didn't have the record. So they didn't know, like the kids got separated oh, right. so early. So there wasn't even like the paperwork to know. There's nothing to research. There's no, there, it wasn't like they went to the parents and said, oh, by the way, she has a, she has a twin sister. They didn't. It never was written yeah, down or, or there's a yeah, record. The files yeah. got lost or yeah. some crazy thing like that. So, mm. I right. mean, I, I'm from a big Irish Catholic family. I wish I could lose, you know, like be away from my family. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> That's like, I'm trying to like accidentally like lose them. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. They keep coming back. You can deport them. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, you know, have a lottery. Right. For like. <laughs> um, and the on the site spotlight and the uh, fan feedback, we are still looking for a board moderator on the uh, uh, message boards. We do want to get these kind of back in motion and. Uh, a little more active, so we are looking for someone to start threads and keep it active. And um, I'm not saying there's any money right up front, but if it takes off and uh, mm. we start getting some uh, ad revenue for the site, uh, give you a little taste. Oh, so we'll go uh, to the action so, a little. Yeah, little, yeah, yeah, a little. Uh, some what your beat? Yeah, remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know what I? The cops never like dip their fingers in bags of drugs and like you know do that yeah. taste. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, that's pure horse. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's what I thought of when you said that. It's like. You know that you use your pinky, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like here I'll put my into a pot. like it could be like ricin or something like deadly put where you just die immediately. Yeah. Like, you know, like even if don't, we don't need to send mm-hmm. to this lab. Let me just dip my yeah. finger. To this. Even if it's baby powder, it's not good to eat. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, so if you're interested in being our uh, CFN board moderator, um, please email info at comedyfilmnerds.com. And uh, we are also undergoing a shopping cart upgrade to make shopping easier for you guys. That is still a work in progress. So if you're shopping and something doesn't work or it's not working, please also email info at comedyfilmnerds.com. I've been working on it for the last couple of days. Got a lot of the bugs out. There's still maybe a few hiding, but uh, it should be good. And it'll be actually easier to check out and shop now. So, all right. Ready for premiering this week? Venom. Yeah. Venom. I'm the only one that's excited for it. He's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. And the um, the early reviews Pretty are gross. coming back through uh, Twitter, and uh, not great. Oh, <laughs> not great. And uh, some, what, what even Tom Hardy said, 30 to 40 minutes were cut out of the movie. What did you say, Aaron? He said that was his favorite part of the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he's saying that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, this, you know, it just feels like it's going to be a bit of a mess. And then they took the R rating away, too. They made it PG-13. All right. So um, again, that it, these are those movies that we we're talking about earlier. That might be if it was a lower budget instead mm-hmm. of so intense, yes. it Especially would be believable. For a movie like, like this, that's the thing is like I think horror and sci-fi like that is so much cooler when it's like you could actually believe this has happened. When you see the preview, you're already you know it's like so magically like change. You know the changes. Mm-hmm. It just it it just doesn't seem legitimate. You know, Spider Man can have the hundred and fifty million dollar budget, but you know if you're going to do some spin-off of a Spider-Man villain, 
put the budget lower, smaller, grittier, and they make it a little more interesting. They should have treated like Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. well and, and, and remember the thing with um, Heath Ledger. The guy did such a great job being that person. It's like he was his own special effect. Yeah. And you could right. believe it, even in a big budget movie. That's when that stuff works. When you ha- when there's just so much layering on it. It's like, enough with the mayonnaise. Give me some, you know, like, yeah. it's just Give me much. some bologna. Yeah, or something. <laughs> just like, you know? on a bologna roll. <laughs> I mean, it's like you see it like in 11 seconds you're like okay this is going to be like the same manufactured mm-hmm. junk and uh so venom and then the next movie is a star is born i think we've established that all our wives want to see this and are going to drag us to it yes i want to go to it yeah, yeah. I'm not married. Uh, the so. only thing I, I i just read this mm-hmm. eddie vetter told bradley cooper don't ever remake a star is born oh really wow yeah. and years ago yeah mm-hmm. and he did it anyway Maybe he did it because Eddie Vedder told him not to. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was like, I'll make whatever movie I want. I don't know. But I, I want to see it. I'm excited yeah. to see it. So, well, I, you know, it maybe, might be great. You it, know, but, we don't know. I, mm-hmm. People like, uh, he was on, uh, I saw him on Conan the other night, and he mm-hmm. was, Conan was like, it's like unbelievably, like, this is a super movie. Like, it's going to be legendary. It's one of the, it's going to turn you into a, an amazing director or whatever. But uh, I kept thinking the whole time is that, you know, in the one from the 70s, you know, they wanted Elvis, and it just, like, I don't know, that just blew my mind, like, you know, to see Elvis in that, you know, like, mm-hmm. what would have happened? It was right. one of those, like, could you imagine if he mm-hmm. had, I mean, he was fat and on his way out, but, like, that would have been really amazing. But this movie looks, you know, like, he did all the singing. I mean, that guy, you know, is just really determined to be good, I think. Yeah. And, and it's really curious to see He doesn't Lady walk Gaga. through anything. No, he yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, this is, you know, the... Star is Born is also, he's also the voice of Rocket Raccoon. And even then, he doesn't walk through no, either. Um, and The Hate You Give, this is based on the uh, young adult novel, uh, basically about, um, I think it's about a, uh, yeah. a police killing. Yeah, uh, it is. It, it looks intense. But, it is, but it's a fictional story. It's not based on any specific It's a fictional event. story, yeah. and it looks, it looks interesting. Uh, it's a, it, you know, we're starting, we're getting into, the, we're getting into Oscar town now. For yeah. real now. Not right. like the fake kind of drops, well, we thought this was going to be an Oscar movie, but it really wasn't, mm-hmm. so let's just get rid of it. So uh, now we're, we're definitely in there. Like uh, from the buzz, from what I hear on A Star is Born, it's going to get some... Oh, it'll yeah. be probably win everything. Just you know, everything from like best song to yeah. performance to maybe even directing. We'll see. Yeah, mm-hmm. because everybody loves still, you know you love a new new champ. You know what I mean? Sure. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's still early now. It is early. Yeah. We don't know what's around we don't know the corner. What's coming around? Yep. Venom's hasn't even come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you never know what's going good, on. Uh, you know, <laughs> Holmes yeah. and Watson could yeah, make yeah. a push. Right. Exactly. Something you know, production design. You know. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they're gonna do a, they're gonna do like a um an Oscar where for like best fun movie or big budget, oh, right? Oh, they pulled yeah. that. Because they're like, no one's watching that this stuff pulled. anymore. Oh, that weird. got pulled? Yeah, about it. Because everyone uh, said that's a stupid idea. And then a couple months later, they're like, yeah, it kind of we'll was. We'll, we'll pull it. It is a and stupid so, idea. And they, uh, but they, you know, they do that typical Hollywood thing of like, well, time wasn't right. You know, we'll revisit it. Like, no. <laughs> right. people, we'll it was revisit a stupid idea. And you're not going to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so, that, all right. That's our show. Mm-hmm. Good pa- stuff, Patrick, guys. where can people uh, come to one of these wine shows or find you online? Uh, next, you can go on to uh, highspiritshow.com. You can look at my High Spirits Instagram or the California Wine Guy Twitter. And we're doing a show at the Open Space Theater next uh, Friday, which would be the 12th uh, in Hollywood. 
And it's got Eddie Pepitone oh, nice. headlining and um, got a great ma- magician from uh, the um, – What's the place up there? Magic the, Castle. Uh, Magic Castle. <laughs> see how good of a promoter I am. And then, uh, and Sky and Nancy Collins. You ever see those guys? No. They're this fake couple from Orange County, and uh, they are just hilarious. Just really, really, I'm really excited about them. It's going to be a great show. So you can go to Eventbrite, get tickets. They're not that expensive. There's wine served. Learn about wine, laugh, enjoy. It's good times. They're great shows, guys. Check Sounds it out. Great. Thank you, guys. Um, so October 20th, uh, have another Stay in Your Lane comedy show at the Corbin Bowl. Um, that is the show where it's uh, 10 bucks to get in. We've got Kira Saltanovich actually is going to do the show, Luz Pezos, Brandy Posey, Jim Bruce, myself, and one other comic whose name escapes me at the time, but it's 10 bucks, $3 uh, food and drink specials, free parking, and... Buy a ticket to the comedy show, free bowling shoe rental. Nice. Whoa, whoa. Come and on. I'm doing a show in Venice, which you are in, right? Yes, the okay. 16th. At the Whaler. It's the West is the best. It's the farthest point you can see comedy in California, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so and that's going to be the 16th at Venice Whaler. Yeah, so go to uh, Graham Elwood. And it's free. It's free show, nice. the 16th, the 20th. Stay in your lane. Go to GrahamElwood.com for all of the tour dates and also doing more shows with Ron Placone in uh, Northern California. November 2nd, 3rd, we were also adding uh, for the Progressive Comedy Tour shows in um, Florida, uh, Gainesville, January 9th, and Orlando, the 11th. We're going to Jacksonville, so go to GrahamElwood.com. Go. All right. Gainesville, home of Tom Petty. Oh, nice. shit. There you go. And uh, I want to mention, too, the um, Kickstarter rewards for Long Ago and Far Away, the graphic novel, are going out this week. We had a bit of a couple of hiccups. Uh, I ordered, um, you know, four boxes of envelopes from staples they delivered three boxes of envelopes and one giant box of industrial strength paper towels so well uh, good thing we got the paper towels they squared away they're getting their act together over there yeah yeah so it's not like it was a complicated order it was four of one thing I got three of one thing yeah but nobody ever orders envelopes from yeah 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 Yeah. so it's they confused (laughs) them them off yeah so we uh Aaron and I had some trouble importing the list but that's all straightened out I got a text from Aaron halfway through going this is making my head hurt but we uh, we figured it out. And well, that's what the uh, paper towels are for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I will say this: the um, graphic novel is now up on the CFN site. It is uh, twenty four ninety nine, and I will sign it. Uh, although the Kickstarter rewards will be will be focusing on them first. So if you do order it this week, it probably won't go out to, uh, for another week. Check it or out, so. man! It's really cool. It's yeah. another thing that uh, you know got funded on kickstarter it's a graphic novel that chris worked very hard on it's a really cool it's a really cool thing to see so check it out yeah please cool. do and it's uh you know there's there's plenty of issues i made sure we got some extra ones to sell on the site so uh check it out that's right. our show thank you patrick nay thank you for having me guys really good time right that on. ain't the booze talking or the <laughs> wine talking whatever we're talking about <laughs> Uh, thank you to Aaron Brungard and everyone here at the All Things Comedy World Headquarters. My name is Graham Heldwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.